again. Back again, back in podcast action. And we should let people know we are again separated by many states of America. <laughs> we have this thing where we spend every second of every day together and then we get separated by distance and time. <laughs> I know. Um, but I do feel like often my spirit is communicating with you when I'm not with you. Oh, totally. Well, I just feel like every time I walk down a street and see anything cute, I know it's you winking at me. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. And like, like a good girlfriend, I think of as I see a cute dress shop or a cute restaurant, how fun it would be to, to delight you and take you there. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've had, um, to ro- I've had to romance other women. I, I want just to be open and honest and transparent. Oh, thank you for telling me. Other women when you're not around. Well, um, here's what I want to tell you. I know how great it is to be romanced by you and how deep your love is. And it it would uh, feel wrong to me if you didn't share that. I like to share it and pass it on so that other women know that they can romance other women. That's right. So like I'm actually very proud of you. And I'm happy to share the wealth because I know the, the love of Kristen is unending. <laughs> oh, you're such a good partner. <laughs> um, We're just teaching people how to love one day at a time. <laughs> teaching people how to love. There's more love is more love. Um, <laughs> speaking of more love is more love. Um, Man. To- Man, creating space for more love is part of the job, creating internal space uh, for love. And today we're talking about kind of a heavy topic. Yeah. I, here's the thing, what you all may or may not know about Kristen. I mean, Kristen is the highest of the high. She is light. She is sparkle. She is rainbows. She is divine. She loves to go high and feel life to its fullest. But sometimes Kristen will say, this is what I feel compelled to talk about on our podcast. And it is the deepest. And I know if I feel intimidated enough, it's the right topic. (laughs) Well, I received this topic from Spirit because Spirit told me this is what you need to do. Um, I was back visiting my parents in February and started hearing a lot of stories that go back up my family chain. And I was like whoa, I have never heard some of this stuff before. And what came in through my journaling and my meditation was healing your ancestral wounds. That the stuff that you are dealing with, Kristen, to heal inside of yourself is not just yours. It goes back, it goes back, it goes back. And I could see almost in my mind's eye, like my ancestors around me going, yeah, we know you came here to heal it. Like, but we're with you. Like we're on your team. It's like a relay race. And we took as far as we could and we've been passing the baton. And now the baton is yours. Um, Like, congratulations and we're sorry. Like, yes, exactly. (laughs) But but, but if we take this idea of we can't actually get hurt, that we are just a spirit that is everlasting and our, our our spirit, our heart cannot be hurt or broken or tarnished because all we are is the light, then we see that the pain that we go through is actually just the thing that pushes us towards a teaching, a teaching so that there can be an expansion. Yes. And so as I'm, oh, by the way, side note, I'm also here in Richmond, Virginia, um, 
of working on the show Atlantis and my associate director just walked through the door to get the car keys with my producer and they're going to go to yoga. So, and oh, they're looking how adorable. Out. These are the beautiful women I've been romancing. Um, oh. I'm actually doing my podcast right now and what? just talked about romancing women. Can we come say hi? <laughs> yes, sure. come say hi to me. <laughs> hi. Oh, there are beautiful women to romance everywhere. I know. And now they're going on a date. Do you see how the romance just goes Just to give everyone on the podcast a visual, one of these beautiful women kind of looks like a mini Kristen. And the other one looks like a fiery red siren. (laughs) That's right. So there's a lot of good things happening. Victoria and MK. Bye. Have fun at yoga. Your podcast is amazing. Everyone should listen to it. Uh, I love it when we have friends. Um, so interestingly enough, I'm actually plugging back into the, our podcast uh, here. Um, I'm actually here in Richmond, Virginia, working on a show called Atlantis, which deals a lot with our ancestral wounds about the dysfunction and hurt and limited belief systems that go back many, many generations that have been carried on and on and on and on until one young girl rises up and decides there will be a new way of living, right? So it's always, and you know, this podcast is about creativity, but how our spirituality is our creativity because whatever we are working on inside ourselves always shows up in our art, right? It's all like one conversation the universe is having with us. And I was just speaking with someone yesterday and we were talking about that. And they said they came in to audition for me. And what I told them afterwards is I felt like you were trying to please me almost like I was your mom and you were trying to act like a good little student or a good little boy. And the person like almost broke down and said, you have no idea. 10 minutes before I walked into the audition room, I had this big argument with my mother. And so then there was like this overcompensating energy that I didn't know I was even bringing to the room. But it's like you saw who I was being in that moment based on the ancestry, the history, the past of what he was carrying into the room with him. So everything is everything. We think that we can separate, oh, I'm having this difficult time in my life, but over here, I can just put that aside. But there's a certain way that we can compartmentalize and get things done, even when it's hard. But what is the thing that is integrity is to say, everything that is appearing inside of my life and inside of the container of this life is here to heal me and grow me and evolve me. And if I keep the door open in all the areas of my life, so my creativity, my spirituality, my romantic relationships, uh, how I am in friendships, how I am as a child, how I am as a parent. If I keep open all the qualities of me in all of these areas, that's the leading edge of growth. That's exactly right. And, and that is where we see life is having one big conversation with us. And as we bring that conversation into our art and into our work, that expression becomes clear and it also becomes medicine. It becomes yeah. medicine for ourselves, and it becomes medicine for others. So it's really interesting. I think you and I talked with artists so much and they get into this um, place where they want to get it right and they want to be successful, but the true success is actually learning to see your art 
is as a vehicle of expression and, and is as of a healing. And then it'll do what it does in the world. That's right. Right? When, when we don't need it to do anything in the world, it can do everything. It does it. Exactly right. When, when we stop having a requirement-based relationship with our creativity, with our partners, with what we're creating, that uh, you are not here to meet or fulfill needs for me. I am here to create, to offer, to be of service. And whatever happens after I give it is none of my business. That's it. Can we just write that on the wall so that I can read it every day before I leave my house? And I think when we talk about ancestral wounds and ancestral healings, I think it's actually kind of the same conversation where our ancestors get to say, here was what I gave. Here is what I had to offer. If I had known better, I would have done better. Mm -hmm. Here's what I got to give you. And there's no need to have anger or resentment or even wish that things were different or that people had done better, there is a, a mastery in stepping into saying they gave their offering and then what happens with that offering is none of their business either. That That's it's right. not that anyone did anything wrong or did anything to us to make our life more of an uphill battle. If anything, they gave us the gift of this thing so that our life could have a deep and tremendous purpose in the transcending and healing of it. That's exactly right. And if you even think of it in terms of a reincarnation model, the idea that a person comes and they're having a conversation with life and then they go and that conversation they had with life gets picked up and these stories start to accumulate and the conversation gets passed down. And I like to think of it as we are teaching ourselves through this through this ongoing conversation that we are all collectively having with life. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I come back from uh, San Diego and the West Coast and seeing my parents and learning all these new stories, and I am hit over the head with, oh, Kristen, you're not effed up. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> character flaws, but like, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You came as part of a conversation that goes mm-hmm. back. And when I started to do some research about healing ancestral wounds, I found this one article that says... Um, Uh, this amazing doctor named Judith Rich. And she says that some Native Americans believe that our actions affect the seven generations in both directions. And she says, think about that possibility. Is it possible that we can evolve our lineage backwards in time as well as forwards? Does it matter? Does it matter? Why bother? And isn't that ancient history? Um, So she goes on to say, maybe not. Consider not only that it's possible to evolve your lineage in both directions, but also that to have this awareness cuts to the core of the true nature of human beings. We're here in a body appearing to be separate. We appear to live separate lives, to have different experiences, beliefs, and opinions about what is true and right and how the world works. Um, and then, but, but, and the, the article goes on to say, but we're not, we're one. So every yeah. work, the work that one person does to heal, to rise, to evolve, has a ripple effect that affects everyone. As we say on the podcast all the time, high tide rises all boats. Rises all boats, yeah. So, so I started to think of, if you look at your life and you look at like, what is your core wound? What is the thing that you just come up against again and again and again? And instead of, starting, instead of thinking it as your defect, and we talk about this on the podcast too, that core wound came here because you actually have genius 
in the opposite of it, right? This wound is part of your gift. It shows what, what you came here to study, what you came here to evolve, and what you came here to transcend and pass on. But yeah. once you realize that it was passed down through this kind of heritage, this, is, this lineage, um, that just like I have curly hair or blue eyes, I also got this. And so you can look at your life and go, all right, maybe you have addiction in your family or anxiety or financial stress or low self-esteem or failure, bankruptcy, whatever you have. Um, it's like you've been patterned in a certain way. It's in your vibrational DNA, right? It's not ours, but it got inherited. So mm. think, think of you as almost choosing your family line because you wanted to study that thing. You're like, that is the thing I want to know about and have mastery over and heal in the world. Um, and, and, and if you are an artist, right, talk about in your art, right? Mm. Share it with the world or in your business or in whatever you do. This is, this is a part of the gift you came to give the world. And I think in thinking about it in that paradigm, it really gives permission to say it's not something to push down or be afraid of or to feel shame about. When I notice this core wound comes up, it's not because I did something wrong That's or right. it's not because I deserve to feel bad about myself. Or I know the conversation people can have is here's that thing coming up that I really dislike about myself. And here it is again. And what's wrong with me that I can't get rid of it? And I think that part of the healing and powerful conversation is say is to say, because you're not meant to get rid of it. Mm. You're meant to shape shift it so that when you pass it down, it is still with you, but it has changed into something different and more healing and something that could potentially change the trajectory of your family and the world around you in a really powerful way. Well, it's like, I think of people that have gone through huge, massive weight loss, right? Someone who's maybe lost like two or 300 pounds, and now they have a, a level of expertise when it yeah. comes to fitness, when it comes to um, knowing how to eat right and work out and do all of these things, they, they had to go through it in order to be able to give it. And a lot of people that are masters in their field are that because that's their chosen area of study. I so, love that Eckhart Tolle talks about being, uh, I forget what age he said he was, but I feel like he was quite young and he was suicidal. And he said that it was the requirement that he went into that dark of a night of the soul that he could know his own ability to be unconditional and have an unconditional relationship with life. And so the way he will describe that time in his life is the darkness that healed and actually allowed him to transcend his ego. That's and right. Then that's and everything that he teaches and gives to us. So if not for him having this deep depression, deep anxiety, deep desire to take his own life and not be on the planet anymore, if not for that, we would not have the power of now or a new earth or all of these great teachings and lessons. Byron Katie's the same way, right? She was in bed, overweight, so depressed, she could not leave her bed. And then all of a sudden she had a Satori moment where she realized, oh, I'm in total pain and depression because I'm believing my thoughts. So what would happen if I questioned my thoughts? And then she realized there was freedom. And uh, it's so fun to hear her talk because it's like all of a sudden she was just different one day because she no yeah. longer believed her own thoughts. Once and she started questioning thing, them, yeah. When we talk about healing our ancestral wounds, 
we're not interested in a conversation that's like, if we work hard enough and trial and tribulation and over time, by the time we get to the end of our lives, we will have trans. I really have always believed that uh, transformation is a perspective shift. We we talked about this in our prosperity course that there's two lands where people live, abundance and scarcity. And there's a river between the two and the river is one thought wide. That's right. That at any moment, you can have a complete shift in paradigm and it can heal instantly. And that in that, like one thought, like, you know, they tell us in A Course in Miracles that miracles are instantaneous and they're natural. Those, they're all they are is a shift in perception and they can happen at any moment. So that's really exciting to know too. So in doing my own work around here, healing these ancestral wounds, um, what downloaded were a few steps. Like what is the first thing you do is you acknowledge it, you see it and you become aware. Oh, so it's like, you can't heal a wound until you know it's there. Mm-hmm. Cause there's been a lot of my life, you know, and one of the things that I've just been really uh, dealing with and healing in myself is like, Oh, there's an ancestral wound around codependency in my life. And it's not my fault. It goes back generation after generation after generation. Like I was trained this way. And, but once I can see it and know that it's there, then one, it's not my quote unquote fault. Um, It's just one of the subjects I came to earth to study. So if I can see it and acknowledge it, then I can accept it. So instead of trying to push it away or deny it or sweep it under the rug, it's like now I can bring it into my arms and I can like hug on it and love it and go, ooh, yeah. Oh, I see you juicy wound. Mm, Mm. Yummy. There's something good here. There's something fresh and exciting and I cannot wait to dive in and shapeshift and transform what is here for me. I'm so glad you described it exactly that way because I do think sometimes when we think about accepting things, uh, it's like the serenity prayer. And Maddie talks about this in her one woman show. Uh, like, let me accept the things I cannot change, uh, whatever, yeah. does that. And, and the whole thing becomes acceptance feels like a giving up. Uh-huh. Or like, well, there's nothing I can do about this. So I guess, it, you know, and it feels like almost a resignment. And I love that you're describing acceptance, not as a resignment, but as an actual building of a relationship with this thing, not just putting it on the side and saying, I guess there's nothing I can do about that, but actually bringing it closer and saying, I accept you as a form of love, as a form of inclusion, so that I'm not making this thing wrong or gross or evil or something that I guess I have to be okay with and make do with. It's about, I'm so grateful that you're here, that I accept you exactly as you are. It's exactly that. And from that place, you can even start to get, dare I say, a little excited about it. Like, oh my goodness, here you are. You're part of my life's purpose. You are what came to educate me and move me and transform me. You are like the antidote. You are the secret sauce. Uh, Thank Mm. you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I finally got the key to the treasure chest here. Yes, that's what it is. It's the key to the treasure chest. And so once we have that new relationship with it, we can really start to to, to gain a sense of momentum to, into that transformation. We go right into the center of it. Um, and then next we surrender it. 
So once, once we have this new relationship with it, we give it to the divine as an offering, right? Like as Tasha would, Silver would say, all right, divine, you gave me this. Mm. This is yours. You have a plan for this. I'm not going to try to control it. I've spent my whole life trying to like get rid of it or minimize it or push it away. I'm actually giving it back to, you gave it to me. I'm giving it back to you. Show me how we want to create with this. Show me what we want to do with this. How does this, like, like a phoenix transforming, want to turn into something that takes flight? And Show what me. I love about that so much is we can uh, deduce that if you were given this ancestral wound from others who carried it, that they did not have the thought patterns or the belief systems to heal it. So therefore, why would I have somehow inherited the belief systems and things I need to heal it? But the divine does, the source of love does, the universe does. And that's why you surrender it because you have to say, I was given this thing. It's almost like someone like delivers like a crib to your house. Yes. You're not yes. given any instructions on how to do it. And then you're making yourself so wrong and you're so mad at yourself that you can't put together this crib. And it's like, no one gave you the instructions, baby girl. So you got to call up the person who built the crib and go, how do you do this thing? <laughs> That's right. Show me how. <laughs> I'm yeah. ready. You know, there's this great quote, this, this Dr. Judith Rich. I mean, she just really rocked it in this article she wrote. And she said, she's talking about healing ancestral wounds. And she said, you can take this as a burden and decline to answer the call. This is how the wound keeps reproducing itself. Or you can see this as a gift and an honor, an opportunity to contribute to those you'll never see or know, to those who may never know your name, and you can choose to do the work of healing yourself and them. So it's not even just for us, it's also for the greater whole, it's for the community. Mm. So as that so much. Right? So so as we offer this up to the divine. You say, show me how to make this crib I do not know how to make. Show me how to do this thing. I have no clue how. And as I create space to listen and to be taught, and as we talk about, all of uni the universe is in conversation. So the moment I gave it to the divine as an offering, I felt all of life talking to me all of the time. Like this is when life gets fun and you feel like you're Indiana Jones and you're on a great adventure. Like you get a book. You get told to talk to this person. Um, life talks to you through song. All of life starts to be in dialogue directing you. And that's when you're like, ooh, I can't wait to wake up in the morning to see what I get taught. Mm, yeah. And then you start to feel so deeply connected to also all your ancestors, wherever they are, rooting for you, cheering for you, giving you the wisdom they now have that they didn't have at the time. And you get so connected and tapped into that. I often, when I go to auditions, before I walk in the room, I'll, I'll say to all the great actors and actresses that have passed, that have gone before me, I'll often say to them, uh, inform the muse. Like, yes. let, my muse, let my muse, my artist, you know, give, give her some secrets, give her, give her some, some extra juice here, you know, cause all their, they all care about great art. So wouldn't they want me to be a great artist? So I just asked for a little something, something right before. I love that. Yeah. Talk through me, create through me, write through me, act through me, do it through me. Hmm. And I, I was telling you before we got into this podcast, I, I feel like that has been like the leading edge of growth 
recently is getting out of the way so something can work through me, especially in my art. May I just, and that, and that takes, I've noticed for myself, dropping thought. So as I go into a space where maybe I'm directing or I'm teaching is that I, I drop my thought on how it needs to be done or solutions that I feel my mind could come up with. And I just create space for, for something new to come in. And you know, it's an inspired thought when it has a fresh energy to it. Mm. Right. It's almost, it starts to take you like a tidal wave taking you over and doing something through you. And that I think is the flow state we talk about. Yeah. So so if it can do it uh, through us in an audition, or in a directing situation, if, if something can, can work through us, it can also do, do that in our lives. Um, so uh, the next, in, in these kind of like downloaded steps, um, uh, was after we surrender it um, and just show up to be willing, the next thing we do is we look to its opposite to understand where our point of genius lies. So if my specific one is codependency, I came to be a genius about interdependency. Mm. That's what I came to be a genius about. And that's what I am going to be open so the universe can work it through me. So the same thing, if it's anxiety, we came to be a genius about peace. If it's financial stress, we came to be a genius about abundance. So you can look at that thing that feels like a hangnail in your life. It's always coming up, that thing that always catches you, that always makes you go, ah, this thing again, and go and look to its opposite and go, ooh, I'm actually a master at what this thing, at what the opposite of it is, what the other side of the coin And is. you can even already, even when you're still deeply in your core wound, you will have evidence in your life of how the opposite actually shows up here and again. Yes. And then as you start to notice that, you can start to call it out and go, look at it. It's here and it's here and it's here and it's here. There are so many places I'm so good at this thing. And, and as we know, wherever we put our focus expands. And then we can also look into the world and go, where is genius manifesting itself as this? So where do I see someone who's a master at, at, at abundance or at peace or at interdependency or whatever it is that I am looking to study? And then we make ourselves a student of that thing. Yes, exactly right. Right, I am willing to become an apprentice to this thing and allow it uh, to teach me. I'm allow I'm, I'm allowing myself to those, those people that are already masters of this to uh, allow myself become the student of them. Mm. Um, and then finally, um, and, and I love this step: it's be be willing to share what we're learning. So mm. as we heal. We teach others how to heal, just even at a vibrational level. So it's, it's passing along that medicine. It's the last step in the hero's journey, right? Once the hero has the elixir, they bring the elixir back to the community. So mm. part of really integrating healing in our life is being willing to share. And that doesn't mean, I mean, you can get on a podcast and you can talk about it, or you can put it into your art, or you can put it in your business, or maybe it just comes up in a conversation with a stranger. And... Um, and, and passing along the medicine also is not pushing this kind of agenda on anyone, but being willing to be a vessel of this thing in the world. So you're yes. open that if someone is looking for this thing, you're willing to share it. 
it almost is that thing that we talk about sometimes about being the dominant hand of the universe. So yes. if you were going to go brush your teeth, whatever your dominant hand is would naturally, without thinking, without question, pick up your toothbrush and start brushing. You wouldn't right. say, well, which hand should I use today? It's just whatever your dominant hand is, that's the one that that has the mastery. That's the one that that seems like it's the master for the job. So it, even on autopilot, you don't even think about if it's the, the right choice. You just know it's the only choice. And so I always like to think in whatever I want to stand for. So if the wound is codependency or anxiety or overwhelmed or uh, addiction, and the stand that you're taking is uh, for balance or interdependence or ease in your process or peace or serenity, and that's the stand that you're taking, then the fun thing is as you get to watch yourself live into the dominant hand of that trait. So when others are looking for an example of it, it's you. When That's the right. universe is looking for, I need someone for this project that can bring tremendous peace, it's you. And it's not about you having any pressure to be those things. It's your innate calling. It's who you actually are underneath these wounds that are not yours that you've just been carrying. That's exactly right. And it's part of our journey to self-actualization. And as we know, that is what the soul wants, is to become what it was meant to be. It's to live into its potential. And I always think that stagnation and even depression, um, the, 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 there's this deep internal call or uh, agony that occurs when we know that our soul is not living into who it, it was meant to become. And I think there's so much deep existential pain because we feel like there's something wrong with us that we were meant, that we are the ones that has to do it or get it done. And then we feel so powerless to make something happen that we fall, find ourselves in despair. And there, yeah. there are so many clients that I will work with and I just want to wrap my arms around them and love them. And because I can see inside of them this false belief of what's wrong with me? Mm. Why am I stuck here? Um, and if, so if we can start from a place of self-love, um, that there's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing flawed with us. We're perfect. Um, and, and this thing that is here is part of an answer that we came to give the world. And I think there's something so beautifully important in these steps because it creates a space where we don't resent or dislike or make wrong the wound. Because if we do, the inevitable thing is we probably will resent and hate those who passed it to us, whether consciously or unconsciously. And then there creates a dishonesty in us because we probably are overcompensating with also that we love, but it creates a disassociation in us that we begin to love and hate something. And it creates a space of unforgiveness. And I believe that in that space of unforgiveness, there's this feeling of a debt to be paid. Yeah. And anytime there's this feeling of a wrongdoing, a victimization, a debt to be paid, then we start from a place of trying to heal and bring light to something that you're already identifying as dark and a problem, as opposed to saying, everything here has been for me. 
everything that was given was a gift. It might have been wrapped differently than I wanted it to. It might not always feel good to me, but the only reason it doesn't feel good to me is because I'm actually here to know myself as the opposite of that. But the only way I can come to that understanding is through the contrast of experiencing it. And so let me not make myself wrong when the depression shows up, when the stuckness and frustration shows up, when the self-hatred shows up, when there's moments where I feel so insecure or moments where you feel lost or that you've wasted time or that you're too sick or too fat or too old or too anything. In that moment, the point of power is to say, whatever has been given, let me hold it. And let me hold it like I would hold a loved one because it came from love. It never came from a place of punishment. We talk about we talk about the difference between some people talk about original sin, and we've heard some of our favorite teachers talk about original innocence. That everyone came to this thing also from a place of it was given to them, and they were innocent too. And so we start to see our whole family line with this new space of ultimate love and compassion. And when we really look through that lens, it's a really beautiful thing how quickly the anger can dissipate. That people can have done heinous, traumatizing, terrible things to us. And we can actually see and truly get that it was also given or done to them. Yeah. And they did what they learned and they did what they knew. And now the gift in feeling the side of that that hurts us so deeply is that we say no more. No more. It I love when you said that it just like my whole body got tingly when when you said even the wound came from love. And so when we can learn how to love that wound inside ourselves, then we can love someone else's wound when it shows. Because so often, you know, like when we're working on on Maddie's show, part of the beauty of her show is her ability to love the wound or learn how to, 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 to love someone when their wound is shown that, and, and a new way in, in life and society and, and as a community that we don't push each other away or villainize people when their wound comes up. I love how Eckhart Tolle, yeah, Eckhart Tolle describes it as the pain body. And I yeah. love when he describes it as when the pain body starts showing up, it's not going to like it if you start telling it, hey, you're a pain body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it has now taken on a life of its own. And you're, if you can just stand and be witness to someone else's pain and be a space of non-judgment to say, mm. I have pain too. I, I often think this with myself. Sometimes I'm really hard on myself about how long it takes me to really get something or really learn a lesson. And it takes a lot of trial and error for me to really go, oh, now I think I transcended this thing, but maybe it took 10 years. And so sometimes I'm like really frustrated with myself that I can't just get the message the minute I have awareness of it. And I always think to myself, when someone else is making a mistake again, 
I always think to myself, and it's also sometimes hard for other people to get the message right away. And I know that. And I know that in myself. So let me just hold a space of compassion that they're not doing it to me. They're just doing it. Let me hold the space of compassion that everyone is learning their lessons with every tool that they have in the way that they know how to do it. And if they knew how to do better, they would. And it has nothing to do with me. Oh, it's so good, Natalie. Allow people the dignity of their past. Allow people the dignity of their story, whether it's a true or untrue story. Allow people the dignity of their process and allow people the dignity of their timing. That just because I now feel resolved or I now get it doesn't mean you have to. And it doesn't mean I have to preach at you or be your teacher or get you up to speed because perhaps the speed that you are walking is perfect for your healing. And if I try to get you over here on my side of the street of healing, I'm actually going to sabotage your growth. Thank you for that. I feel like you channeled that message straight to me. It is so beautiful, friends, to have a best friend who's a channel because sometimes you can hear exactly what you needed to hear. I'm going to listen back so I can get that again and fully integrate it into my body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's give each other the gift of allowing each other to have the process that we need to have on our own timetable and that we can go at our own pace and our own pace is divine. I was telling you, I was reading in Tasha Silver's book this morning, The Way Knows the Way. Yeah. So we allow the way to be enough. Yeah. Um, may I share this George Bernard, George Bernard Shaw? Uh, Always. A quote, a uh, playwright. That it's, it's, it's from that Judith Rich article. She shared it and I was like... Well, okay, universe, just tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm listening. <laughs> As you and I would say, stop yelling stop at me. Stop yelling at me. Okay. So George Bernard Shaw says, this is the true joy in life. The being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one. The being a force of nature instead of a furbished, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Hmm. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live it, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Mm, gorgeous. Right? Gorgeous. Wow. My life belongs to the community. Like, my life belongs to the whole conversation that is happening. And how <laughs> great, how lucky, because that means everyone else's life is also part of my healing. Oh, everyone else's all life. in this together. We're all in this together. So thank you to everyone who's listening, who's on your own path, who's doing their, your healing work, because your healing affects my healing and affects everyone's yeah. healing. Affects our ability to know what's possible. Yeah. And we're at this profound moment in time where I believe 
the space of unlimited potential just keeps expanding. And there's so many people waking up and there's so much opportunity for growth and love and good and abundance and blowing the top off because there's so much contrast of, of separation and things we don't want that we know this is a prime time for us to take our healing to the next level. So this is an exciting conversation to be part of, to, to notice, to accept, to surrender, to see the opposite, to stand in gratitude for the whole process and then give it away. Mm, we are opening up the sky for each other. Mm, I love that. That's gorgeous. So I gorgeous. love you so much. I love you so much. You know, speaking of like this exact conversation, I'm about to teach this really cool transformational course that has to do a lot with this and actually going really deep into dismantling some of these stories. So if you're interested in that, you guys should uh, come and check out uh, my page, natalieroy.com. And I have some info under coaching and services there. Is that transformation find calling? Out all about it. I hope that's transformation calling. Um, <gasps> so exciting. Yeah. So I can't wait to share it. It's a really deep course. It's a three-month course where you basically have me as your personal mentor on call 24-7 for three months so that in real time, as these things are coming up, we can say new story, new perspective, new acceptance, new surrender, new gratitude, new moment. Now, how are we giving it away? You know, how are we doing this practice in real time as things come up? So I'm really excited about this. Uh, and I only have a couple spots left. So if you are interested and you think you uh, want to know more about it, you can also always email me, Natalie Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Roy at gmail.com. So exciting. That's so exciting. I'm so, so proud exciting. of you. Um, Congrats. Enjoy Virginia. I can't wait to come and see you there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Come play with me in Richmond, Virginia. Um, the show is called Atlantis. So if you happen to be in the Richmond, Virginia area or surrounding neighborhoods, um, yeah, come see it. It is a beautiful spiritual tale wrapped up in a musical with some kick-ass music. I mean, that seems like everything that you do. <laughs> That's what I like. Um, <laughs> That's what you do. Uh, friends, have the best time on the planet living and dancing with life and creating and allowing yourself to be loved by life. This universe adores you and it cannot wait to open its arms up and give you the kingdom. Mm, I love it. Thank you, Kristen. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C, period, R, period, E, period, A, period, T, period, E, period, community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend? 